This is the Making Millionaires Podcast, a realistic, no BS approach to effective and profitable investing. Everything from options trading to real estate. Once I'm done with you, you'll be itching to tell your boss to take a hike. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get in your face about the real way to make money and change your family tree. It's time to start thinking like a winner. So buckle up, sugar cup. It's about to get real. <laughs> I always chuckle at that intro. I hope you all enjoy that that intro as much as I do. I had a lot of fun making that. Uh, always makes me laugh. But thanks for listening to the Making Millionaires podcast. Another episode from the Options Millionaire community. I am, of course, Andrew. And uh, yeah, another podcast episode. Another podcast episode. Another another episode to really kind of boil down how things fly in the financial world to get your mind straight, uh, whether it be emotional, uh, motivational, or financial. We'll discuss it and try to get you a little bit better and move that needle a little bit closer to financial greatness. It's been a pretty rough couple of months in the past couple of months in the on the personal side of OM. Uh, obviously, the, com- the community is growing amazingly well. I've had a career quarter, a career year uh, trading the 2022 market. We've had substantial profits. It's been amazing. Uh, but as you all know, you know I've I've been recently hit with some news with my mother. Uh, my mother is facing some health problems. She's diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, and uh, I think despite the doctors told her that despite her their best efforts and despite everything they're doing, that she's probably not going to be here all that much longer. So, and it kind of got to me thinking. You know, it kind of got me thinking of of you know the frailty of life and how quickly things can uh, things can hit you and. Uh, it made me reflect on my past, on my upbringing, and honestly, you know, I, I just wanted to have a lot of conversations with her because obviously, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, the next year could be the last time I talk to my mom. You know, that's it. And then my dad's already passed. He passed about five years ago, four or five years ago. And uh, after that, you know, it, it'll be that first time where I realize, like, hey, I'm alone in terms of no more parents. Obviously, I've got my family that I love, but my parents are gone, and that's it. You know, that's that's the finality. That's the that's the end of be, of having parents. And now, uh, you know, I'm officially parentless. It made me. It made me think, and it made me get uh, deep down in the woods of my thoughts. And I wanted to have a lot of conversations with her. Um, you get wrapped up in living life. You get wrapped up of you know being a kid, and then you grow up, and you leave the house, and then you're being your own man or your own woman, and you kind of want to get away from your parents. And then I'm sitting to realize like I've, I haven't had too many in-depth conversations where it's solely focused on where my mom came from. You know, what was her upbringing? Uh, what what made her make the decisions that she made throughout life? Or How'd she meet my dad and all that stuff like that? So, and my parents were divorced because my dad was a, a, a pretty much a, a monster going throughout, going growing up through all my childhood, and uh, it made me think. You know, I, I just wanted to have a conversation of stuff that I never knew about. And she told me about all these all these risks that my dad took. You know, all these all these adventures that he took because he was a dreamer. He was a pie in the sky dreamer that never really accomplished anything. Um, he wanted to be wealthy just like everybody else. He wanted to do all this stuff, but he had no means. Uh, he cut corners. He did all the bad things. You know, he, he tried to open a couple of restaurants and it was just a dumpster fire. They were closed in like two weeks and just over failure after failure after failure. And it got me thinking, you know, I don't want to get too far down deep in the whole, you know, personal side of things. But the the point is, it got me thinking about opportunity and what drives people, some people to succeed and so what drives some people to fail. Because obviously, you know, just law law of probabilities is just the way the world works, whether it be Darwin's theory or whatever it is, is that some people are going to fail and some people are going to win. There reaches a time in every man or woman's life where they hit a certain age where it's like 
they have to start taking risks. They, they get that itch, whether it happens young. Some people happens younger than others. Some people it happens older than others where they, they realize that the life that they're leaving, living is just not going to cut it. They get no real substance, no real value over this particular life. And it could be financially rewarding, whatever you're doing. You could be making a six, you can be having a six-figure income, but the job doesn't really reward you. Or you understand, like you, you could be cut, you're a cog in a wheel that could be cut out at any second for any reason, and, and that's it. So you kind of reach a point where you need to make a decision on where you're going to go in life. And yes, I'm kind of getting back to the financial independence and uh, and and how we could all strive to become financially wealthy. And would that goal for you may be different. You know, some people, your desire may be to be a millionaire. Some people's desire may be to be just to make enough money to be out of debt and just live, you know, make your make your seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year and not have any debt, which is admirable. I get it. You know, that there's everybody defines their financial independence differently. So whatever your goal is to strive for, at some point you're gonna have to take a risk. You're gonna have to make a move to break out of your current life, if that's what you want to do, and and make a move. And it got me thinking back to the time where all like she, my mom is sitting there telling me the stories of my dad making all these risks and they were all pie in the sky. They were all reaching well beyond his capabilities or know-how or, or abilities. And he failed every time because he tried to cut corners. He didn't do everything the right way. And he was foolhardy. And if you're going to take those risks, there reaches a certain point where you have to realize one, what your capabilities are. You have to be realistic with yourself, but you also have to be bold enough to push the envelope. There's a fine balance between knowing yourself and pushing the boundaries of your capabilities. And that's different for everybody. It's one of the reasons why I'm a huge believer of real estate because one, it's much easier than people think it is. Although it's still difficult, just like everything in life is difficult. It's easier than people think it is. And it doesn't require all that much smarts. You don't have to be super intelligent or have all these pedigrees to be good in real estate or to be successful in real estate. You don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to have a master's degree. Uh, you, you don't have to, you know, you have to have a college degree or even a high school degree. You know, you just have to have the propensity to pursue a goal. And obviously you have to be able to scrap together a little bit of capital and you have to be able to take a risk. And that's something that I think a lot of people are terrified of. Uh, you sit in an office or any other job for that matter, and you are placated or you are satiated by your bi-weekly check uh, with the benefits. And that keeps you comfortable. And I think comfort is success cancer because that comfort of the bi-weekly check where you just have to go, you just have to go in and some people have to bust butt, some people have to you know just tread water and you get your check and you go home and you crack open a beer and watch Netflix and you spend a couple hours with your family and kids, you go to bed and you wake up and you do it all over again. You know, to some people that's just fine, but the other people they strive for more. And I remember when I, that was me because I thought back of all these things of my dad and I remember the exact moment and I remember this exact moment. I was, I, we were sit, I was sitting in stop dead traffic on the interstate heading to work and I realized that I'm sitting there and I'm looking around. I'm literally, I'm looking out of my window and I'm looking at all the people's faces in, other, in the other cars. And I could see their faces and everyone, not one person was smiling. Everyone looked absolutely miserable. And I didn't want to be like that. I already had aspirations not to be like my dad. I, uh, my, my driver growing up was fears, fear of being like my dad. I wanted to break the mold, change my family tree. So I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm going to a job I hated, surrounding myself with people that I did not care for. And I was bored out of my mind. Uh, that was the biggest kicker for me is I was absolutely bored out of my mind. I was making pretty dang good money for a young 20-year-old at the time. Uh, and I still wasn't satisfied because I was just primarily bored out of my mind. The job was not giving me anything except for a salary. That was the only thing I was getting out of it. 
So I knew at that point that I was going to do anything in my power to get ahead. And I took some risks. You know, I, I started a construction company, which, uh, which didn't work out because of the partner. I started a business, uh, a, a CrossFit gym, which did pretty well, but I ended up selling that. And then, of course, uh, I eventually found investing. Investing worked out perfectly for me because investing for me, you get into it what you put, you get out of it what you put into it. And a lot of people, especially in the 2020, 2021, 2022 area with the new WSB and the red and all that crap that we've talked about, people don't fully understand that. Uh, they think they can gamble in YOLO and, and make millions, but the market investing day trading gig, you get out of it what you put into it. And I love that aspect. It's very much the hunt and you, you eat what you kill. So if you're going to put everything into the market to hunt the profits, you're going to get the profits. And if you slack off and think you can gamble, then the market's going to smoke you. But facing the inevitable demise of my mom, which I've come to terms with this point, you know, it's, it's devastating and heartbreaking, but I'm continually trying to talk with her. It made me think about where everyone's motivation in is life. Because when y'all boy, for me at least, my end goal, my main motivation for everything is to be able to, one, spend more time with my family, more quality time with my family, and two, to provide for them so they never have to go through the things that I went through. That's my personal motivation. And everyone's motivation may be different. I'm sure there's a billion different motivations, but that's my overarching main foundational motivation in life is to do those two things. And of course, you know, um, follow my faith and, and be a good steward and good servant of, of my faith and my God. But my family, it comes number one. So I knew I reached a point in life where I had to take a risk and go out there. That's why we do That's why I do a real estate and real estate is, is easier than people think, like I said, but it's not easy. You still have to take risk. And that's the one thing people don't want to do. They like, they may dream or daydream of riches and finances and all this stuff. And they may say, hey, you'll tax the rich and all this stuff with, again, quote unquote, rich people. But they're not willing to really put forth the effort. They don't want to take out a loan. They don't want to free find. They don't want to cash out their equity to start buying up investment properties. They don't want to sacrifice for four, five, six years. They don't want to do the things necessary to provide for themselves. And that's the point. People like being placated. They like being in the situation where they don't want to do much. And, and they like that safety, that comfort. Uh, but if you if you embrace safety and comfort, you're never going to get the reward of taking risks and it actually paying off. And there's a certain point where everyone reaches their end of their of the rope. They reach their end of the rope with their current lifestyle where they just simply cannot tolerate any more nonsense. And it could be a fine. Maybe, maybe you're 200 pounds overweight and you finally reach the point where you like you're literally sitting there about to eat another donut or another plate of spaghetti or another bowl of ice cream. And you reach the point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And the next day you change your life, you go to the gym and then, you know, nine months later, you've dropped the weight. Um, you could reach the point where you're just tired of being undervalued at your job. You're tired of driving the hour and a half or hour to work every day, both ways and not being understood or not being enjoyed or not being valued at your job. You're tired of living paycheck to paycheck and not being able to provide for your family. There's a there's a whole bunch of different walls that people hit where they're just tired of it. And it got me thinking that when is, when is the average time where success is hit? And I'm going to, I'm strictly, I'm going to define this level of success primarily from a financial number. Let's just say a million dollars. And I did some research and it turns out in America, they took top 100 millionaires in the United States and they asked them, what age did you become a millionaire? And the average age was 37 years old, which makes perfect sense to me. Then I remembered a quote I heard that's about Daniel Boone. 
Daniel Boone was the uh, motor. He was the explorer that fit, came and found basically the Cumberland Gap. You know, in the southeastern United States, he was the south southern explorer. You know, they make songs about him, the guy that wore the coonskin hat and all that stuff. And there's a quote, and the quote goes like this: In his mid thirties, a man either reaches out towards risk and glory, or stays within the routines of the expected and ordinary. It is the age when men leave safe homes and jobs and go on voyages and odysseys and perform transforming sacrifices. It's the age when Walt Whitman wrote Leaves of Grass and Columbus started planning his voyage to the Indies. It's an age at which visionaries become prophets or explorers or inventors or make fools of themselves trying. And that last sentence really hits home. You know, in the mid-30s, paraphrasing, it's an age at which visionaries become prophets or explorers or inventors, good things, or make fools of themselves trying bad things. So the fools of themselves, you know, that, that was my dad. You know, he tried over and over and over and over to reach beyond his limitations, and he failed miserably every single time to the point where he bankrupted my family more than once. And yet I find myself in a pretty successful situation across a couple of different platforms, and a lot of people do. So there's going to be people that fail, and there's going to be people that succeed. And it's all average, average out in this mid-30s where you're just kind of, I'm sick of this, I've got to make a change. And you make that change and you fight for it and you either fail or you succeed. Either way, you, you tried if you failed. Like at least you did something. Most people don't want to stop watching Netflix. They like coming home at 5.30. They like just jumping on the couch, opening up a beer, clicking on the TV and watching sports or Netflix. And that's it. That's, that's what they want to do. But that's not enough for me. I don't think that's the way life is meant to be lived. Uh, even if you do fail at those risks, you still got to do something. And I think that's admirable. And uh, I want you to really think about what is your motivation and what point, if, it, that's, if it's already happened to you, at what point did you hit that wall and say, you know what, enough's enough. I'm not going to be sucked into a career job the rest of my life just to die at 65 and have nothing to show for it except a 401k. Or... Have you always had this thought in your mind to start a business? Have you had always had this thought in this mind, man, I wish I could own my first rental property? Have you always had the thought in your mind to start, hey, what would it be like for me to actually go to the gym for three months and lose weight? Do it. Like hit that wall where the pain of your inability to do anything is so high that you finally are driven and motivated to do it, to just go do it. What happens if... People always think about what if you fail? What if I do this and I fail? What if I do this and I bankrupt? What if I do this and I lose everything? Well, what if you do this and you should achieve all your wildest dreams? What happens if you do this and you lose 100 pounds and you're the best shape you've ever been in and you break your family cycle of obesity and type 2 diabetes? What happens if you do this and you actually do become the first millionaire in your family? What happens if you do this and you end up making, owning 15 houses Whatever it is, and what happens if you do this and you actually do make a career change when you're in your late 30s and become wildly successful in your new career? There's a million different things we could talk about, but the what if you succeed if you actually take that risk when you actually hit that wall is huge. People always talk about the top 1% of the United States. There's in the, in the political debates, everyone talks about and they kind of paint the top 1% in a terrible light. And they place them in a category where they were lucked out or they were giving them that stuff. And it, it's, that's a victim mentality. And victim mentalities can be a very, very difficult way to look at things. 
and because it's going to keep you from succeeding this stuff. Because instead of saying, man, I need to bust my butt like they did, you put yourself in the victim category and placate yourself and say, man, they were handed everything, so that's fine. I'm never going to do that because my parents weren't millionaires, so whatever. Hey, honey, what's the next show on Netflix we could watch? I didn't come from anything. Like, my dad was an absolute dumpster fire. Like, he took money from me. And here I am. I'm able to achieve way more success than he ever did by pure, one, initiated by fear. And then after that, it was, hey, I finally unlocked my realization that I had potential to achieve anything I wanted to achieve as long as I worked hard enough and kept on grinding. I just want everyone to know, though, is that everyone has their definition of success set differently. It could be monetary. It could be family. It could be spiritual. It could be fitness. It can be anything. But everyone's measure of success is different. And success, everyone has this view of success in their mind where they, one, they dream, they daydream what their success is, and then they give themselves an excuse of why they can't do it. Well, I'm too tired. Well, I've, worked, I've had a long day. Well, I'm stressed out. Um, I deserve this treat, or I need a treat to kind of, uh, I need something to kind of get, rid, get the day off me. I need to have this beer. I need to watch just one more show. Um, it, it's just they, they give themselves an excuse, but you have to learn. Like you hit that, that's going to keep on happening until you keep on blasting up against that wall, that wall of just stress, of just like that life that you just don't want to live. And it takes something to break through that wall, and you've got to break through it. And once you hit that wall, you break through it, and you could change the course of history, of your family's history, of your kids' history. I mean, I think of David Goggins all the time, who is an inspiration for motivation for me. He wrote the book, Can't Hurt Me. You know, he was an absolute fitness beast, but he didn't start his journey until he was 24 years old. You know, that's that's one of the unique things about him is that all the Navy SEAL books that I've read, a lot of the guys were already fitness beasts. They, you know, they were like collegiate athletes or they were always standouts in the in the fitness or strength or conditioning world, but he wasn't. Uh, the dude was 300 pounds, incredibly overweight. He was pounding milkshakes every day. He just got fed up with his life. He got tired of his life. He, you know, he was sitting there on the couch crying, eating a milkshake, watching this documentary on 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 Navy SEALs. And he decided that that was what he was going to do. And he became an absolute legend and that he used that motivation and he completely changed the person who he was. Now, he didn't just go off and become a Navy SEAL. He completely changed who he was. Foundationally, he can, he can change who he was. So anyone can change once you are pushed to the point where you just can no longer accept any more failure, any more injustices, any more nonsense, any more mediocrity. Because unfortunately, mediocrity runs rampant in our society. But anyone can change once you're pushed to that point. So have the courage when you reach that point to push a little bit farther and, real, and figure out what it is that you need to break out of. Everyone's unique. Everyone's different. Everyone has their different thing. But find that thing and find the motivation to push through. And then after that motivation wears off, find the discipline to keep on pushing that path and achieve your, achieve your dream. If it's a dream of becoming a millionaire, then guess what? You got a lot of work to do. It ain't easy. You need to find multiple sources of income and get it done. Remember, 37 years old was the average age of the first million of the first million made amongst millionaires. So remember that. Anyway, that's a big one. Sorry for starting out so heavy there with my mom. I just I wanted to connect that and really give you all an insight to what I've been thinking the past couple months and pretty much how I got my journey started way back 12 years ago, 15 years ago, and how I got to where I am today. I've had a, I've had a, a lot of success and a lot of failures for that matter, a phenomenal amount of failures uh, intertwined with a lot of success. I've done a lot of first things that none of, no one in my family has ever done. Uh, so 
but it's been a long journey and it's it's taken every ounce of my being to accomplish the things that I've accomplished and I wanted to kind of like tie that in with my past and, and really share that with you all so I hope you I hope you can get something out of it I really do so anyway uh, if you like this podcast uh, follow along for the next one we have we try to have weekly or bi-weekly episodes posted also come join us on the YouTube uh, options million our YouTube channel where we discuss a little more technical stuff on uh, investing options trading and how to read the markets and how to be profitable markets we also have a Discord if you want to come out, uh, hang out on the Discord. We talk every day there. We try to teach each other, learn from each other, try to be a professional atmosphere. You have a little fun and have some streams every day on trading, how to make a little money. Appreciate y'all taking the time to hang out, listen a little bit about my thoughts. Until next time, I'm going to leave you with this. The only thing separating you from financial greatness is the decision to be better.